This is The Ascending Life with Pastor Josh Blevins of Grace Calvary Chapel. If you ever try to read Revelation and think you're going directly in chronological order event to event, you're going to be very confused. Because what he'll do is he'll give you a snapshot of of a season of time or a season of events, and then he'll take a microscope, and then he'll go down into those events and actually start to outline and lay out what happens in specific order. But it does follow a general timeline, and that is something we can clearly see in the book of Revelation. What would you do differently if you knew Jesus was coming back tomorrow? Pastor Josh talks about Revelation in today's message and what that means for the believer. There is judgment coming for you and me. It's up to us how we respond. If you're a believer, you should be prepared for his return at all times. You never know the day that Christ is coming. That means you should be sharing the gospel with anyone and everyone who will listen. Live your life for Christ today and be prepared for his return. Now, here's Pastor Josh in the book of Revelation chapter 1 as he begins his message, Revelation Intro. Take your Bibles out, please, and open to the book of Revelation, chapter one. And if you're new to the Bible, new to church, and you're not sure where that is, God made it really easy for us. It's the last book in your Bible. And as we do an introduction to our study through the book of Revelation, there's only 22 chapters, so we shouldn't be here that long. (laughs) The Lord might come back before we're done studying the book of Revelation, (laughs) which would be fine with me, and uh, halfway into it, it'd probably be fine with you too. (laughs) In all seriousness, uh, let's come together. Uh, We're gonna be looking at verses one through three as we do an introduction this morning. I'll read the odd-numbered verses, and you guys can read verse two together. Revelation chapter one begins, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place, And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. Lord, we uh, are open hearted today to receive your word to what your spirit would speak, to dive into this study that really is simply about the revelation of Jesus to us and the kind of people and mentality and hearts that we should have living in these days as we await your return. And so, Lord, open our hearts, open our minds, as there are some things difficult to understand. May your Holy Spirit guide us and lead us as we study this book. In Jesus' name, amen. We have finally arrived to the study of the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is arguably one of the most complex books in the entire Bible to both teach and to understand. And I think some of you probably said, Josh, didn't you say that about about the book of Hebrews? I think I'm just a glutton for punishment. I was thinking maybe I'll do Romans next. No, I'm not. (laughs) Take a little break. But the book of Revelation is nonetheless as intimidating as it can be, 
is the one book in the Bible that within itself has this stated promise, a unique and special blessing to those who read it and hear it and take heed to its instruction. And we definitely don't want to miss out on what that blessing is, and we'll talk about that in a moment. And God inspires the entirety of the Bible, but Revelation is unique also in that it contains the direct communication and direct words of Jesus Christ to his church. In fact, in seven separate letters, Jesus gets very personal with his followers. And that's going to be a very personal time for us as well as we hear the heart of Jesus for his church in the last days. And while we honestly and humbly acknowledge some of the challenges of this book, we also understand that because it's directly from the Lord, inspired by the Spirit, and promises a blessing, we don't have any right to avoid it. I know far too many people who start to dive into Revelation only to say, I can't, I can't finish this. Or too many pastors that say, I, I just can't touch it with a 10-foot pole because there's so many different views out there and there's so much conflict on how we interpret it. But we don't have that privilege to just ignore parts of God's word because it's hard or it's challenging or it's difficult. And so I think that we're going to receive a great blessing as we go through the book of Revelation. I also recognize that our audience here at Grace is comprised with people all over the spectrum of their faith with the Lord. Some of you are seasoned, mature believers. You've been walking with the Lord for some time. Some of you have just received the Lord or are new in your faith. Some of you are eschatological enthusiasts. Others of you don't have any idea what I just said and you don't know what eschatology even means. Eschatology simply means the study of last things or of the end times, which is what the book of Revelation contains. God's unveiling of the end of the age of mankind, but so much more than that as we're going to see. I believe if we open our hearts, our spiritual ears to hear and understand, you're going to find some relevant and particularly challenging content from week to week. I don't think it's an accident that no less than eight times Jesus in the book of Revelation says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church or to the churches. And so if we open our ears, the Josh Blevins paraphrase, unauthorized translation, you better spiritually tune in and listen up to what God is trying to say as we study this book of Revelation. And so we're going to take it in three sections, and honestly, it is going to be, we're going to dive into some more technical terms and and some really some strong application as well. We're going to look at the content in regards to the framework of interpretation. How do we interpret the book of Revelation? Secondly, the content of Revelation. What is the general uh, content within the book, and what what is it trying to communicate to us? And then the promise of Revelation as we dive through these first three verses. So as we look at the interpretation factor and the frameworks of interpretation, quite possibly what makes Revelation one of the most intimidating and challenging books for people is how many isms are involved in the, in the interpretation of the book of Revelation. It's like once you start to study it, you realize, man, there's, there's preterism and historicism and poeticism and futurism, and then without all that, there's all millennialism and postmillennialism and premillennialism, and then there's uh, historic premillennialism and dispensationalism, and then there's pre-tribulationalism, post-tribulationalism, and mid-tribulationalism, and then there's pre-wrath, and you guys ready? Yes, you all set? 
Y'all, you, you understand everything I just communicated? <laughs> I mean, it, it's unending. And so we need to like start to build the framework because at the end of the day, what we really want to keep our eyes on is the fact that this book is about Jesus. It's about Jesus and his plan for the world and for eternity. As we look, though, I want to quickly at least give us the umbrella, the 10,000-foot overview of the various frameworks that people interpret the book of Revelation through and how we are going to, to approach it in our study. So you know, we're going to have conversations about what this book holds. And so as we look at the approaches, first I want to touch on what's called the preterist view or the preterist. It's from a Latin term that means before or concluded. And so the preterist approach believes that the book of Revelation deals only with the church in John's day. That all prophecy from Matthew 24 and the Olivet Discourse all the way through Revelation has been fulfilled by 70 AD when Titus, the Roman emperor, came and destroyed the temple there in Jerusalem. Uh, they believed that Nero was the Antichrist. And with one of the reasons that they um, struggle with the, the common understanding of the dating of this book is because it kind of throws that view off kilter. If you are a full preterist, then what you really believe is that the great tribulation period, the Antichrist, and even the second coming of Jesus all happened by 70 AD. And most preterists believe that the book of Revelation was written after this fact uh, by John in about 90 AD. But most historians and biblical scholars agree that John wrote this book between 60 and 70, probably around 63 to 65 AD. Uh, which means that he would have been before that all of those things took place. But here's the thing. The book of Revelation, according to the preterist view, is kind of John speaking in symbolic code so those outside the church wouldn't understand his criticism of the Roman government. In the preterist view, the book of Revelation was merely only for them and not really for us outside, of the real, uh, except out of revealing certain things about the past. Now, I do not take this approach, namely, uh, for, for two main reasons, and that is, number one, when Jesus said, as lightning is from the east to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Every eye will see him, every knee shall bow. Uh, I, don't, I just don't believe that's happened. And if we're in the millennial reign of Christ and Christ is ruling and reigning and Satan is bound and there's no more tears, no more pain, and no more sin, I, I don't know what kind of kingdom we're in. But that just doesn't make a whole lot of uh, sense to me. And there's a lot of other reasoning behind that, but it is uh, a historical approach. The second approach that has been a framework of interpretation is the historicist approach. And this approach believes that Revelation is a sweeping sort of disordered panorama of all the church history. That Revelation doesn't really speak to necessarily future world events, but speaks to various stages of church history up until this point. The uh, all-millennial, post-millennial views would somewhat fall in between these two categories. Revelation would be considered full of symbols that would be allegorized. Or in other words, the things we read in Revelation are not literal in any case. They are spiritual, and they are to be allegorized in spiritual interpretations, which when you go down that road, it's like, well, you could pretty much turn it into anything at that point in time which makes it a little challenging. How do you interpret these pictures? 
All of a sudden, the four horsemen and the star falling to earth, they're all just spiritual pictures of something, of what, who knows. But there's no limit to the number of theories depending on where you live and what you experience. And so that, that's, that's one approach to a lens, so to speak, to interpret revelation. And then you have what we would call the poetic approach or the spiritual approach. And that would state that revelation is a book full of pictures and symbols that were designed to encourage and comfort the persecuted church of John's time, not really speaking to any actual events in the future. Kind of like a, a, a devotional type of thing. You know, you can kind of interpret Revelation to mean whatever it, you, you want it to mean to you. And I'm thinking, man, if Revelation is a personal daily devotional, it's the most frightening one I've ever heard of. <laughs> And then there is uh, what we would call the futurist approach. The futurist approach would be more of a literal view to say where Revelation speaks literally, we interpret it literally, and where it speaks allegorically or figuratively, we, we interpret it figuratively. And of course, the lines get blurred a little bit here and there as in any view because it's, it's a difficult book to understand and to navigate. The approach in the futurist view is that the book of Revelation from chapter four on holds the framework for the final period of human history, what we might call Jacob's trouble, or in another message, I'll, I'll go down the path of Daniel's 70th week, according to Daniel chapter nine, the final seven-year period in which God is dealing with his nation, his people Israel, and the unbelieving world, and it gets ugly, and it gets bad, and yet there is a hope in the person of Jesus and who he is and what he offers his people. The futurist view of Revelation describes actual events that will take place before the literal, physical return of Jesus Christ to the earth, which we believe has not yet happened. And this is the view that I hold, and this is the framework, just so you know, that I will be approaching the book of Revelation from. It's not because I think I have all the answers, it's not because I don't think other views have strong uh, suits and strong points behind them, but in my studies of all these views, it is, to me, the most cohesive and comprehensive understanding, and quite frankly, the way we see the world going, it starts to line up more and more and more with this idea of what we see in the book of Revelation being yet a future state of events. A few verses to kind of touch on in regards to the futurist approach to the book of Revelation. First, it allows us to take literally what is conveyed and take figuratively what is obviously symbolic. Second, Jesus in chapter one, verse 19, actually tells us the outline and purpose of the book. There he says to John, write the things which you have seen Okay, that covers verses 1 through 18 of Revelation 1. The things John had seen is that he now was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. He went into this heavenly vision. He sees the risen Jesus. And he says, write the things that you have seen and the things which are, that's chapters 2 and 3, where we come to the seven letters to the seven churches in Asia, and the things which will take place when? After this, and so yet a future event. And when after? Well, that's the, what we would call the church age or the age of time that we are currently in awaiting for these events to be fulfilled. And so Jesus gives us that outline. And then also I think there's a, a, a viable reason to take a literal approach to the book of Revelation where we can, because do you believe, and, and I would think that most of you do, I believe 
that the return of Jesus to the earth and the judgment of the world is actually a literal event. I believe that, and, and here's why. In Acts chapter one, verses nine through 11, when Jesus was ascending before his disciples, we read now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by in white apparel, who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. That is a, a physical, literal event where Jesus will return in the same way that he ascended to the earth. And the, the end of Revelation culminates in that event. And it's not figurative. It's very literal. Now, there's figurative elements to it that's, that are symbolic, but that there's an obvious delineation Paul also believed this literal interpretation in regards to the return of, of Jesus and the final judgment in Acts chapter 17, verse 31. Paul is speaking to the Athenians and he says, because he, that is God, has appointed a day, literal physical day, on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained, and he has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. So Jesus literally died on the cross. He literally and physically rose again. He literally and physically is coming back and he literally and physically is judging the earth in righteousness. And Revelation gives us an outline and picture of those events actually taking place. And so that is the framework of interpretation. Secondly, we come to the content of the book itself. If we're honest, the imagery of Revelation is mind-boggling. It's almost unfathomable to imagine the amount of destruction, demonic activity, spiritual manifestations that occur in such rapid succession throughout the book of Revelation, more than ever before in history. But here's something we need to note in studying the book of Revelation. Revelation comes, is written from a heavenly viewpoint. Have you ever um, been on a plane and things look a lot different from higher up and then you look on a satellite image and all of a sudden things come into context? This is how the book of Revelation is written. It's written from a heavenly perspective on the entirety of future history, we might call it. And though the book is not in perfect chronological order, you need to understand that, if you ever try to read Revelation and think you're going directly in chronological order event to event, you're going to be very confused. Because what he'll do is he'll give you a snapshot of, of a season of time or a season of events, and then he'll take a microscope, and then he'll go down into those events and actually start to outline and lay out what happens in specific order. But it does follow a general timeline, and that is something we can clearly see in the book of Revelation. As we look at the order of the book of Revelation, here we see the timeline of heaven, you could say. That from the time Jesus resurrected all the way to the time of the new heavens and the new earth, Revelation lays out for us the events that will take place. Jesus rose from the dead and 40 days he appeared to many and he ascended into heaven and that began what was called the church age. The church was baptized with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. They were sent on the mission of Christ into the earth and that age has continued to the present time. Revelations chapter two and three outline that, that those specific elements to us by reading the letters that Jesus writes to his church. In Revelations 4 and 5, we get a picture of the rapture, not in specific detail, but we see the 
the image of heaven and we see who's in heaven, which by the way, I really believe Revelation shows us very clearly that we are there, and we see the image of Jesus and the image of worship in heaven that we get to enjoy and be part of. And as time moves on, that moves us into the period of recorded future history in the seven-year tribulation that we believe I find is, fa- is found in Daniel chapter nine and Matthew chapter 24. The greatest time of trial the earth has ever known or seen will be collected into that seven-year period of time and Revelation 6 through 18 record the events that take place within that season of time. And this culminates, of course, in the second coming of Jesus when the time is perfect and right to the earth The battle of Armageddon, you might have heard, and Jesus then judges the earth in righteousness and he establishes his kingdom from which he rules and reigns from Jerusalem for a thousand years on this earth in righteousness with all those who died in the tribulation having trusted in his name and all of those of us who were caught up together to be with the Lord. We are in our resurrected bodies. We are ruling and reigning with Christ on this earth, and it's, it's, an, it's the golden age of humanity, folks. In fact, I would argue that the, the thing that humanity apart from God today is pushing to try to attain, which they never will, you know, peace, you know, world peace and unity and environmental perfection, everything everyone wants, it's all gonna be here one day. It's all coming. And it's coming when the prince of peace and the king of all kings and the lord of all lords rules in his rightful place as king of the earth. This will be his fulfillment of the prophecies he made to King David, of the prophecies he's made in the Garden of Eden, of the prophecies he made to Abraham. Jesus will fulfill those physically on the earth one day. And we will rule and reign with him and I just can't wait uh, where I don't have to vote for anyone, Jesus is just in charge. That's, I'm really excited about that time coming up ahead of us. And here's what, of course, blows my mind in the chronology of Revelation, that after those thousand years are, are over, there still has to be prophetic things fulfilled in regards to Isaiah's pictures of the new heavens and the new earth. And so Satan is released. He had not been able to intimidate or to seduce or to uh, deceive the nations during the reign of Christ, but he is released again. And and here's the thing about people. I I mean, people boggle my mind, self-included. Is anyone else confused about people? Like, we can't seem to get it right. After a thousand years of perfection on earth, perfect rule, perfect peace, perfect environment, everything everyone ever wanted, after a thousand years, all the nations of the earth are going to gather together and try to war against Christ. And of course, Jesus has none of it. He takes care of it immediately. And there we proceed to the great white throne judgment where the names are read from the books, all the dead are raised, and some go into the lake of fire, into eternal destruction, and others into a new heaven and new earth, which God recreates. A heaven and earth of complete perfection where there's no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more sin, no more death, and the righteous dwell there with their Savior for all eternity. See, it's easy, it's no problem. 
Thank you for listening to The Ascending Life today with Pastor Josh. We're so glad you joined us. Was today your first time hearing this radio ministry? If so, would you let us know by giving us a call at 816-279-2090. Your feedback is important to us, and we also just want to hear how we can come alongside you, whether it's answering any questions you have or praying with you. Again, that number is 816-279-2090. Do you prefer technology over talking? We've got you covered. You can just email us at mail at graceontheweb.org with whatever's on your heart and mind. Pastor Josh is teaching from the book of Revelation, which can be pretty intimidating and scary. If you would though, just for a moment, put those common feelings aside and soak in the hope Revelation offers. You see, God has a plan had a plan all along for all those who choose to follow Him. We see this in Revelation, a glimmer of light in the darkness of God's wrath being poured out. Hold fast to Jesus. And if you're one who is still on the fence about Jesus, we strongly urge you to go to TheAscendingLife.com. Here, you can learn more about Him, why He came, and what your next possible step is. Again, that website is TheAscendingLife.com. Once there, just click on the Know Jesus tab at the top of the page. You can also access all our teachings by finding the About tab and clicking on Grace Calvary. Please make plans to join us for our next edition on The Ascending Life. We're